0: Welcome to Health System CIOs Partner Perspective Interview Series. Today, we're talking with Wes Wright, CTO at Improvata, about the impact of COVID on digital transformation, the implications of that transformation on security, and how he sees the industry evolving over the next year. Wes, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey, always my pleasure to have a, a conversation with you, Anthony.
0: It is going to be a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Wes, um, tell us a little bit about uh, your organization and your role over there.
1: Yeah, uh, well, most folks in uh, healthcare know Improvada pretty well. Uh, that's one of the reasons I chose to, to come to Improvada. It's, uh, uh, it's a very, very well, well-known, well-trusted uh, company, mostly known for actually our tap-and-go solution. Um, but uh, uh, two, three, four, uh, now four years ago now, um, we purchased some, uh, and, and, uh, have really, uh, made the conscious decision to become healthcare's digital identity company. And that is to, to help our, our customers, uh, control the, their digital identities from, from provisioning all the way to the deprovisioning and, and, and all the pieces where digital identity is, is used in between there, uh, with, uh, re authentications, uh, in EHRs. Uh, to multi-factor authentication. So uh not not your mom and dad's old tap and go company anymore. We're we're a full-fledged uh cradle to grave although not a good thing yeah. to say in healthcare. I'm with you. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a digital identity company.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, and as far as as my role goes, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. the chief technology officer. I've, I've been on the uh provider side. This is my first venture onto the vendor side for uh, on the provider side for about 25 years. Uh, it's uh, uh, my role is really a, a super customer facing, uh, in that uh, I kind of know the pain uh, that most of our customers are going through, and can really help uh, apply our solutions to, to solve some mm-hmm. of the, that pain, uh, so to speak.
0: Well, give me a little more information. You've, you've had quite a career. You've had a number of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I mean, I think people need to understand you to understand your message a little and the things you're going to say. Um, okay. Just tell me about your career on the provider side and some uh, of the places you've been and some of the things you've done, maybe that you're most proud of.
1: Uh, sure, sure. Well, um, as all uh, healthcare chief technology officers do, I started out uh, in the Air Force as a Korean cryptologic linguist. Uh, <laughs> Is that very common? More, yeah, that's the normal <laughs> route for healthcare CTOs, from what I understand, Anthony. Uh, uh, no, then I, I got out and uh, came back in the uh, Air Force and spent the, my last 13 years in the Air Force as a health services administration officer. And, and within that career field, uh, uh, CIO uh, type of stuff uh, uh, is available. And, and I did that the last 13 years. Uh, I was in the military. I, I started out a small community hospital in Japan. Uh, then a bigger hospital in Northern California, and then finally ended up as my last assignment in Hawaii. Somebody has to do it uh, <laughs> as the as the chief uh, information officer for the uh, uh, Pacific Air Force uh, Health Care Medical Services, uh, which meant I was responsible for the uh, activities in hospitals in Korea, Japan, Guam, Alaska uh, and Hawaii. Uh, and uh, retired from there and went out to uh, Scripps Health uh, to work once again with my buddy Drex DeFord uh, as, the, as the CTO, although we called it the executive director for IS, but essentially as the CTO at uh, Scripps Health. Uh, and then uh, we both moved up to uh, Seattle Children's uh, where I was a CTO for four years and uh, then uh, CIO once Drex left uh, for three years. And it was kind of, it was there at Seattle Children's where I really caught the VDI bug. Uh, uh, we had some, some, uh, patient safety, uh, issues and, 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 um, got together a group of clinicians and said, what can we do better, uh, um, to, to help with this patient safety? And surprisingly, uh, one of the things that came up was, was access to the EHR faster, uh, more ubiquitous access to the EHR. So, Uh, We had been running a a Skunk Works project on VDI, you know, uh, using tap and go kind of stuff uh, Mm -hmm. to follow me desktop. And so uh, implemented that there and and just really uh, uh, improved the efficiency and and I dare say the safety somewhat uh, of the clinicians uh, there at Seattle Children's. And then uh, kind of after seven years in Seattle, I needed to to get some sun (laughs) and... and, uh, (laughs) And moved, uh, actually the winter, the summer times are the most gorgeous in Seattle ever, but those only last like three months and then the rest mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, moved to Sutter Health, uh, where I was a CTO there for three years and, and really wanted to see if that VDI concept, that follow me desktop, if it was scalable. Uh, so, uh, implemented that there, uh, kind of what we called a, a, uh, digital uh, transformation, desktop transformation, uh, used uh, Improvata, Citrix Zen Desktop, um, Office 365, and and built that and had deployed it at uh, 14 of the 24 hospitals by the time I left there. Uh, and then uh, bopped over to uh, uh, Improvata where uh, Gus uses me a lot to, uh, uh, like I said, before COVID, go out and, and talk to customers. Now it's mostly Zoom stuff. And and really say, Hey, Wes, just help them with the tech stack. You've, you've done this stuff in a lot of different places before. You, you probably know if they're having issue X, you know that you can apply solution B and, and help them uh, through that stuff. Um, not really, you know, selling our products or anything like that, but just trying to help, uh, healthcare IT do a better, uh, a better job.
0: Almost like being a, And by the way, Gus, uh, for those who don't know, is a CEO of Imprivata. Uh Just personal interest question: um, mm-hmm. What what did you learn in the military that helped you become a successful IT executive? What were some of the the main things you learned there?
1: Yeah, I, you know, the the longer I'm out, and I retired in 2006, uh, the longer I'm out, the the more impressed i am with how much leadership education uh, and training uh the air force provided me i mean the some of the stuff i I hear executives talk about uh from a leadership perspective and and kind of some of the things i can see that aren't maybe going that way you know they they uh, as an airman which is a very junior uh person uh, in the in the air force you know they taught me these these principles you know i'm i'm a 20 22 year old snot nosed kid, and they're teaching me the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and 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 how and why people react to to the way they are, you know. And then as you go through your career in the squadron officer school, you know, it was eight weeks of you know full time, all 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 you're doing is learning about leadership and leadership characteristics and leadership traits. So I think if I have to take one thing uh I, the, and say this this is how the air force or my military career served me the best it, it's they really developed me uh as a leader uh, or at least i i like to think uh, that's that's what they did and and, and you, know, you know secondary to that you know the, i also learned the 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 necessary technical skills mm-hmm. uh to be a, a cio uh, as i as the air force was uh moving me from hospital to hospital
0: So it's interesting. I I would imagine you've worked for people and maybe have either hired people or had people under you that you could just tell just did not have some of those tenants that were put into them. They just were missing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah, as as I've been now, uh, was it 14 years almost uh, out in the civilian uh, sector? Yeah, it's just. You, know, you 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 sit around in some staff meetings. Not so much at Improvada, but it, uh, other places I've been. Uh, not at all at improvada but um, uh, other places I've been. You know, and and you hear a leader say something, and you go, well, that that, that directly contradicts contradicts what a good leader should be saying <laughs> at, at this point in time. Right. You know, right. I'll, I'll go, in, uh, or you go into a meeting with uh, you know uh, somebody's staff. Uh, meeting or something like that, and, and immediately the the person uh, the person that the, that is in charge of the meeting, the highest ranking person, so to speak, says, "Here's this problem, and here's my solu- here's a solution I think we should do." Wait a minute, that's that's no way to get right. to solicit input. You you know, right? The military taught me <laughs> you you start with the lowest ranking person and ask them what their opinion is, so they're not being influenced by right. by the rank in the room. You know, it's just those, it's those obvious leadership characteristic kind of things that you just kind of go, wow, you know, the military really did do well in teaching, uh, Hmm. teaching leadership.
0: Yeah. I always think that um, there is a science to leadership. It's not this mystical kind of thing that that you either have or you don't, or you can't figure out like there's, there are steps, there's processes. So Um, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. So thank you for that. Um, All right, let's get to the nitty-gritty of it. We're going to sort of go with the natural evolution of how things have happened out there. We know that, you know, those more the luminaries in healthcare have wanted to foster digital transformation, uh, make things more electronic for the patient. The encounters, Mm -hmm. you know, electronic Mm -hmm. scheduling is some one of the basic things, and then we go from there. Mm more and more things electronic. We know that COVID really accelerated that exponentially um, because Mm it had to, right? Because the encounters had to be. Um, So let's first talk about that. Let's first talk about the digital transformation. And we use that term when we talk about the encounters with the patients, right? That's that's what it means today, even though it's a very general term, could be anything. Uh But when Uh we talk about the encounters with the patients and making them more digitized, the impact that COVID has had on that, let's first talk about that from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, it's the, the uh, necessity breeds invention, you know, right, that, that, right. Old, that old cliche. I mean, for the longest time, CIOs, CTOs, CXOs, and healthcare IT, we've known that, that this is what we've needed to do from a telehealth perspective, from a digitization perspective with our patients. Um, but we've had, uh, two, two really kind of groups of dissenters. Uh, you know, we've, ha- we've had the, uh, uh, the, the providers, the clinicians that have kind of said, yeah, you can, I'll do telehealth when you pry my, you know, pry my stethoscope from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they didn't really have a choice this time. Now, did they? If they wanted right. to continue to s- see their patients and generate revenue, well, they had to do it digitally. And, and I think, a lot of them now gone. Well, well, this, this isn't the bugaboo that I thought it was going to be. This is kind of this is kind of slick. Uh, and then you have, the, you know, the same kind of folks on the on the patient side of the house, too. That, that Yeah, I've, I've been seeing Dr. Jones for uh, 35 years and she knows exactly what's going wrong with me. I'm not going to get on this fancy uh, telephone thing and and do that. Well, yeah, you are because you have to. Mm-hmm. um and so those those things coming together um i think really have changed uh healthcare to to a good degree uh not just good in volume but good mm-hmm. <laughs> from a from a bad good perspective positive, as well right. yeah positive um and i don't think we'll see and we've we've already seen those massive telehealth uh, virtual health visits you know kind of plummet back to All right you know from the 80 uh, percent back down to the you know 12 to 20 percent
0: oh that's a big but drop huh it it, it yeah.
1: is but that's it's kind of what you what i expected to see uh once uh once payer parity kind of went away uh, i think that you could you could have anticipated that but the cool thing that's happened is uh you know, uh, in these, in these, uh, payment bundles. So like if you're doing a, a a surgery or something, you know, you had a, um, you got paid X amount of dollars and you had to do this pre-visit, the surgery, and then a post-visit, uh, follow-up visit, and then another visit. Well, you know, everything, but that surgery now, these, these clinicians are going, wait a minute, why do we have to inconvenience the patient? Mm -hmm. You know, I just did surgery on, on me. Uh, you know, two weeks ago. And now I have to make Wes drive in to the hospital, you know, an hour and a half. So a nurse uh, can look at the wound and say, yep, you're healing good. So mm-hmm. instead of doing that, uh, we're seeing a lot more use of that uh, virtual health care. And I think that's, that's really uh, uh, going to be a, a good uh, driver for both the patients and the providers.
0: So, we talked to a lot of people uh, as you know through this whole process, a lot of CIOs and such. And one of the concepts or dynamics they've talked about is the speed with which they had to roll things out yeah. to deal with mm-hmm. the crisis. And that as things you know quieted down uh, a couple of months ago, uh, they, they were hoping to remediate. So, like, okay, what did we do over the last month that was exactly. a blur? What did yeah. we buy? Yep. where is it and what's the security right um because not everything was buttoned up it was at such speed interesting right now we're in another spike yep so and i've heard people say well okay so that's off for now that whole let's check out what we bought because we don't have time for that now right. but at some point when this spike goes through it, it's going to be an even more a larger project because now you've got two spikes you got to go back and see what you bought and the security yep. implications. So. Talk about that dynamic, and then talk about the the overall wrapper of security that's got to be on everything that that they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it was really uh, talking to my my friends that are still out in and health delivery organizations. You know, it was uh, it was Herculean uh, Herculean the what the efforts that they went went through. At the beginning of the surge, because remember back then they were building tents and building other hospitals, uh, hospitals. uh, locations. Yeah, you know what was it? Uh, One of the big uh, Carnegie Hall or something like that in New York. They they outfitted as a as a uh, COVID area. Yeah, they do ships. Yeah, they were they they were you know they had that, and uh, everybody has to work from home now. You know, all collided. Uh, together then so they they've just done wonderful wonderful things uh and then and then what we're seeing at Improvada, you know i'm taking this from a digital uh, identity perspective because that's kind of where i live now but you know, i i wrote a blog probably two months ago maybe three months ago say uh, it was titled dang i wish i would have had an identity governance system uh because because what what happened, that, that, uh, spaghetti bowl that that we just keep filling with this second spike you know you had an ambulatory nurse that that you know had these entitlements and rights uh, and then all of a sudden uh, he had to go over to uh, staff the covid uh, ICU unit so there was more rights uh, and entitlements added to uh, his his uh, digital identity capabilities and then maybe, because uh, uh, somebody in the ED went out because they caught COVID. Well, then maybe he had to go down to the ED and then there was more uh, entitlements and rights stacked on top of the entitlements and rights. And then, like you said, okay, now COVID is, has, gone, has passed us, the surge is gone, and now he goes back to being an ambulatory uh, nurse. And is anybody going to take away or does even anybody know Mm-hmm. That those additional entitlements and rights uh, were were given to, to him during during that COVID surge, and, and that's you know that that's that's something I think we're going to have to deal with uh, over the next six to twelve months is untangling on that spaghetti that we made because frankly, there's not a lot of healthcare systems out there that have an automated identity governance system. You know, where everything's automated uh, pro, uh, provision and they can run reports on on that nurse, you know, at, at points mm-hmm. in time and see exactly what entitlements and stuff they have. So they're, we're going to spend a lot of time digging through that, digging out of that. And and if we if we don't get to it, well, well, then all of a sudden this, you know, let's say that, OK, they're back to ambulatory and now they go into, you know, another ICU ward. Well, then they've got some more entitlements stacked on that. And so you get you get into this stacked entitlements issue that uh, all of a sudden this this normal user has access to you know 60 to 80 percent of your network resources and applications and you don't you don't even know that so when he or she uh, uh, contracts a ransomware then then you've you've just made your network that much more uh, uh, vulnerable because right. that normal person. Has access to stuff like an admin has, and that—that's something I think uh, is sorely needed uh, in healthcare. Is that is that identity governance administration capability? You know, it's something that we've just uh, we've kicked down the road a long time because it's not sexy. You know, it's Mm. it's like buying a new washing machine. Nobody really you know wants to buy a new washing machine, but gosh, you know, every now and then you got to buy a new washing machine. and you know nobody really wants to do this back end system that the clinicians aren't going to really see that much. And uh, but it, it's just such necessary infrastructure, especially if you want to do digital transformation. Uh, that that we've got to bite the bullet and and get to get to getting that done.
0: Is this? Uh, and and it, I know it depends on an organization mm-hmm. size and the, and the roles they have, but. Is this a CIO conversation? Is this a CISO conversation?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a little. It's a little bit of both. Um, although we're seeing it move over um, into this, you know, as you've heard me uh, say more than once, Anthony, you know, uh, digital identity is is really the new control plane, uh, the the control fabric. That's how. That's how you can how can how you can account for and allocate those. Network resources and, and, and entitlements. And, and given that, then uh, I've seen the, the, that whole digital identity management start to move under the, the chief information security officers auspices, uh, because that's again how you control risk. And if you think about it, the, the people that are most responsible for risk in a health IT organization, uh, or in a healthcare uh, organization is that chief information security officer. So it makes it makes sense, uh, having been a, a you know a CTO for a long time. I you know I I I'd have a hard time giving that up. Um, but it it does make sense that it falls under the chief information security officers.
0: Uh, I know Gartner put out a paper recently mm-hmm. about digital identity being uh, the key uh, yep. fundamental building block for mm-hmm. digital transformation from a security point of view. Um, tell me your thoughts on what you saw in there, and yeah. did you find uh, did anything um, surprise you in that paper, or would it just reinforce the sort of your perspective?
1: Yeah, it was it was it was reinforcing more than anything, Anthony. Um, it just again, if you if you if you agree with the thesis, and I, I think it's kind of obvious and, and hard to disagree with it, that 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 digital identity is the single most important way that you can con- control, uh, and, and, um, uh, de-risk your organization. Mm-hmm. Well, then it makes imminent sense that you're going to have to do, uh, some kind some, uh, have to have a strong identity governance strategy in place. If you're going to do digital transformation at a healthcare organization, because, uh, you can transform everything you want, but, you know, if that nurse that we were talking about earlier still has access to all these other uh, resources on your, on your network, um, you've, you've essentially uh, just uh, made the train crash faster uh, um, from from a, from a digital identity or digital transformation perspective.
0: So you think there's a lot of mess out there right now in terms of these uh... Privileges, access, and privileges. You oh, yeah. think there's a whole lot of mess going on. Um, I do pretty much everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there, of course, you've got the the um, the either end of the bell curve.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There,
1: there's some people out there that are really doing doing this well. Um, and but the 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 larger majority, and and I've you know I've I've taken a run at this a couple of different times in a couple of different organizations. And it's just, it's, it's not a project. It's a program. It takes a long time. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of effort. It takes a lot of collaboration. Uh, it's not something I T can, can just do uh, themselves. Uh, and uh, it's just, we, we have a tendency in health I T to boil the ocean to, to get, you know, Okay, we will start here. And then now what's every little tic tac step that we have to make in order to get to the finish instead of starting and then, and then, you know, and then we'll take, take, take on the next problem we see and take on the next problem we see and take on the next. So you can get caught in this vicious circle of planning for the implementation yeah. of an identity governance system uh, for years, frankly. Because it does take such collaboration across throughout the organization. And that's that's I'm really proud of what we're doing with our identity governance system and that we're we're trying to short circuit that. We realize that you know these these usually have been two three year long projects and we're going, no, wait, let's get you started. Let's let's get five applications that you're automated provisioning into, including your EHR and get it rolling. Uh, in five or six months so that you'll have some value that you can show. And then you can point to your collaborators and see, Hey, this is what we can do. This is what we can do. And then you just keep building on that instead of, you know, taking that two year, 18 month cycle to plan things out. Let's just start.
0: I couldn't agree more. That's what I try and tell my kids, you yeah. know, when they try and, or anyone who's trying to think too many steps out. Yeah. The point is that you don't know what things are going to be like three steps out. So yeah. you're why game plan it now, because circumstances will likely have changed based on steps one and two. Oh
1: right? yeah. So let's
0: do steps yeah. one and two, and then we'll, we'll have a better, it'll be a better use of our time to plan it at that point with the new information.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another thing I took away from Seattle children. There's super huge uh, Toyota uh, lean methodology organization and that, and you know, Uh, a couple of things is it begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Where where do I want to be when this Mm -hmm. thing is finished Uh, and then start and solve the problem that's in front of you, Mm -hmm. you know, just keep solving the problems that are in front of you uh, after you've begun with the end in mind and you just keep solving the problems that are in front of you. Don't think five problems down the road, because if you do one of the problems that you solve right in front of you may Obviate three or four of those other right, problems that right. you sweated. Um, yep. So it's it's start and solve the problem that's immediately in front of you, and, and just keep the mo- the momentum going.
0: So, as a final question, what is your advice? Well, so we said there's a big mess out there. Is that the spaghetti mm-hmm. bowl you referenced? Is it that, it okay. is. Yeah. yeah. Right, I like that. So there's a big spaghetti ball mess out there. Mm-hmm. What is your? So we've got. Right now, we've got these executives mired in the second wave of COVID. Mm-hmm. They've got a big spaghetti bowl of uh, rights and uh, privileges mess under them. Mm-hmm. What's your best advice on when and how they address that, and the importance of addressing it and not putting it off too long?
1: Mm. Yeah, um, you know, on the on the IT side of the house. Um, we, we've, we've, we have a little more time than we had in that first surge. Cause remember in that first surge, we we're, we we're trying to figure out how everybody could work from home, how mm-hmm. we could do telehealth and mm-hmm. building other uh, care sites. So we have a little more overhead during this surge. Uh, and this might be a good time to really start looking at that, uh, to start uh, uh, examining, uh, okay, what does identity uh governance digital identity governance what does that mean to my organization so you know the the <laughs> much like we just discussed with the the toyota methodology mm-hmm. it, it's you know start just just start you're never going to start unless you start that sounds mm-hmm. obvious <laughs> i mean it, it's a it's a <laughs> it's you know it's one of the, what was that movie wherever you are there or wherever you are there you are something like that <laughs> Um, I think you
0: it, know, is that a movie or an expression? I don't know.
1: I, I think it was in a movie somewhere. I can't okay. remember what it was. It was one of those really bad cheesy ones, but um, something, but yeah, you just, yeah, you just got to start. And, and, you know, it, it, and starting could be just mapping out your current processes. And you know, Again, Toyota uh, lean yeah, methodology yeah. is, yeah. Hey, first, first you have to, you know what your current processes are. Uh, and before you uh, apply technology to them, because as I said before, if you just, hey, here's a process, let's put the te- technology to it, well, you're just making the train fa- uh, crash faster um than it normally would have because you've applied technology to it. But yeah, start. Uh, now's a good time. Um You've got a bunch of that spaghetti that, mm-hmm. that you're going to have to unwind out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you and you might as well uh, have a tool in place because that's really what software is. have a tool in place that helps you one unwind that spaghetti uh, but two keep it unwound. right uh, So yeah the, the sooner you can start the the better you are and I really like Barry uh, Runyon's paper on digital From transformation Gartner. yeah the Gartner yeah. paper that it just that's the foundation for you to, to really help your organization. Digitally transform it is that uh, that identity governance that 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 management of that digital identity that's that's where digital transformation has to begin
0: It's not a manual thing you don't want to be dealing with hundreds of employees moving moving positions constantly, rights oh, no. taken away, rights granted. you don't want yeah. to be dealing with that manually
1: oh no and you know if <laughs> this, these are tasks that people shouldn't have to do, frankly. Right. That's I, mean, why we're,
0: software, I, yeah, uh, I mean, software. I think yeah, that's
1: what software is all about. Yeah, I, the 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 RPA, the robotic process automation, uh, an identity governance system begs for that because you are, you can determine rights and entitlements uh, via demographics and software. So instead of having you know <laughs> some poor schmuck sit at a desk all day and and you know punch things in, let's let let's mm-hmm. let the software do that and, and let uh, let that person go. You know. Uh, uh uh self-actualized <laughs> since i brought up maslow before
0: self-actualized yeah <laughs> i think can we can we, in parting can we say that, that the spaghetti will get you if you don't deal with it
1: yeah it definitely will <laughs> it, you know especially especially you know in today's environments with the with the ransomware and stuff that we're seeing yeah. you know there's people there's people out there and, and folks, most folks are kind of not would be not in their head saying, you know, agreeing with me. There's folks out there that have a lot more uh, entitlements and access than we think that they do. And, you know, you, you get one of these ransomwares or one of these viruses and that's when you start to know, oh, man, that spaghetti got me because this mm-hmm. person's got stuff all over the organization.
0: And this goes with the concept of segmentation and microset network segmentation, right? So this is sort of dovetails with that because you want to split things up into discrete buckets for security purposes. So one bucket gets infected, it doesn't bleed over. This sounds sure. very similar in terms of concept.
1: Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the same type of concept. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, one doesn't really affect the other because if right. that that nurse that, you know, he or she might have access to, you know, their, their access probably crosses a whole bunch of those different segments, right. the, the micro segments that, that you're talking about. So, um, it's the same concept. It's, it's, you know, it, we've been saying this for years and, 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 uh, IT, it's the concept of least privilege. Uh, people right. should only have privileges to the least amount of applications, uh, and data that they need to do their job.
0: All right, Wes. Well, uh, I think that's about all I have for you today. I think it's a, a great chat and I love our spaghetti analogy. I think uh, <laughs> that's a great one. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate you sharing some of your experience and thoughts on the military. And I think there's lots of good stuff in this interview for people to enjoy and learn from. So I want to thank you very much.
1: Hey, Anthony, it's uh, like I said, it's always a pleasure having a conversation with you and you make them feel like conversation. <laughs> so I appreciate that.
0: All right, buddy, we'll talk.
1: Okay, talk to you later.